Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah. Uh, the physical and mental The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions It's rap shit I licked it I ain't about to knock it This whole summer I was buying all the winter product And I tried being peaceful But my peace was getting bothered So no doubt we got them eagles We go Carson Wentz, Stefani Okay, 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 okay What's going on ladies and gentlemen Welcome to episode 119 of Electrified I'm your host, Eric Lyons Listen, ladies and gentlemen We have a lot to get through today So I'm gonna keep it you know, keep the intro short and sweet. I will say that next week, next Thursday, Thanksgiving, uh, that will be the last episode of November. So that'll be episode 120. We'll be dropping next Thursday on Thanksgiving. And then I'll be back that following Saturday, December 5th. Not that week, not that Thursday. No, December 5th will be the first episode in December. That is episode 120. Uh, no, 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 121, excuse me And that'll be on the day of the Danny Garcia and Errol Spence fight So, fight day episode, get you guys ready for the fight that night And then once again, so the last episode of November Episode 120 will be dropping on Thanksgiving And then the first episode of December Episode 121 will be dropping on December 5th Uh, So Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into this USA Today article about the scandal at LSU. Um, This article was very hard to read, but this is something that needed to be talked about. I didn't see this being spoken about on many sports outlets like I thought I would. Um, So I'm very, very pleased to be, you know, using my platform to, to, to speak about this. Because it is something that needs to be spoken about, needs to be shared, and needs to be heard about. Because this isn't just an LSU Tiger thing, an LSU you know, LSU thing, sexual assault, the mishandling of sexual assault reports and cases. It's been going on across the country, you know, at universities across the country for years, and it's something that needs to stop. Victim blaming, defending the accused, jumping to defend the accused before you give the victim any benefit of the doubt. All of it needs to stop. So this article, we're gonna we're gonna break the article down, discuss it, and yeah. So let's get right to it. So these allegations. These first allegations were made against former LSU running back and former Washington football team running back Darius Geis. So this dates back to 2016. 2016. Member of LSU's diving team told her coach and athletic director that Geis raped her friend after she'd passed out drunk at a party. That following summer, summer 2016. A former female student told two senior athletics administrators that Geis took a partially nude photograph of her without her permission and shared it with others. April 2017. The athletic department received reports of a second rape allegation against Geis by a women's tennis player. The article states, Federal laws and LSU's own policies required university officials to take such allegations seriously and report them to the Title IX office for investigation. 
as well as to campus police if the incidents occurred on school property. LSU officials either doubted the women's stories, didn't investigate, or didn't call the police, allowing Geis to continue his football career. At least seven LSU officials had direct knowledge that wide receiver Drake Davis was physically abusing his girlfriend, a different LSU tennis player, but sat on the information for months while Davis continued to assault and strangle her. This isn't just an LSU Tiger problem, ladies and gentlemen. This doesn't stop with the athletes. Doesn't stop with the athletes. This is not a problem limited to football players. The school determined that a frat member had sexually assaulted two women, but it refused to move him out of classes he shared with one of the one of the uh, one of them, and altogether ignored an allegation against him by a third female student. The USA Today uncovered in three cases, rather than expelling or suspending male students found responsible for sexual assault. LSU allowed them to stay on campus. The men received deferred suspensions, a probationary period, a probationary period during which they must stay out of trouble. These guys are getting slapped on the wrist. Slapped on the wrist. A probationary period during which they must stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. They say stay out of trouble as if sexual assault is stealing from a liquor store or getting into a bar fight or academic dishonesty. Something of that nature. This is sexual assault. Real crime. How do you look at sexual assault? How do you look at the victims of sexual assault and say, oh, the consequence of this is have a seat for a little while and you bet and you better not do anything else wrong. That's that's how they look at sexual assault at LSU. Like it's just some little thing. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Instead of protecting the victims, they're protecting the predators. Please explain to me. How can us? How can you allow someone to continue to take classes with someone that they sexually assaulted? In what world does that make sense to anybody? How can you refuse that? People get moved out of classes for less. Oh, I can't take this class. Switch me out. This class is too hard. I'm going to take this class. Switch me out. I don't really like this professor. Switch me out. Can I switch to a different time? Switch me out. It's that easy. But a young woman is sexually assaulted and she can't get away from the man, from the dude who did it because you won't switch him out of her class? Tell me how that makes sense. I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. I don't get it. 
Title IX is the federal law prohibiting sex discrimination in education. When it came to Geis and Davis's cases, LSU failed to get the Title IX office or police involved when federal laws and social, um, excuse me, school policies required it. At least nine LSU football players, at once again, at least nine LSU football players have been reported to police for sexual misconduct and dating violence since Coach Ed Oregon took over in 2016. You know what that tells me, ladies and gentlemen? That under Ed, Gore, under Ed Oregon, you can do anything. You can win a national championship. You can get drafted to the NFL. Become a number one overall draft pick. Beat the hell out of your girlfriend. Rape a woman who didn't want you. Take pictures of an unsuspecting woman and share with your friends. That's what you can do under under Ed Oregon's guidance, ladies and gentlemen. Be a sick, predatorial, and nasty man under the under the direction and guidance of Ed Oregon. That's what you can do. At LSU Does that sound like a program That I would want my kid a part of Would I want to go to LSU And play football And be a, call, a part of that culture Would I want my my sons on that team Hanging with guys on that team Would I want my daughters around them I don't think so Would I want my kid Playing under Ed Oregon Hell no Would I want to be No No way no way. For three months, LSU refused to release full campus police reports involving four players to reporters. USA Today sued LSU in mid-October for access to four of the reports. On November 13th, the university provided them, provided three of them, but it redacted the names of victims, witnesses, and suspects. LSU continues to withhold police and Title IX records from uh, at least two women who've requested copies of their own files. USA Today and Samantha Brennan sued LSU for access to her full police report, and that uh, case is ongoing. So a couple quotes from the article that stood out to me. Um... This came from one of the victims who chose not to identify themselves by their name in the article. She said, I just think that honestly, they don't care. The whole system is on the side of the accused. And that's clear. Clear as day. It's clear as day. Clear as day. Not only is the system on the side of the accused, the system is on the side of silence. They don't want these young women speaking out. And when they do, all they do is sweep them to the side, sweep it under the rug. Oh, that never happened. So when you when you hear a young woman talk about why she doesn't feel comfortable you know why she didn't feel com- comfortable going to the police 
or or going to you know if she's a, if she's a student going to someone on campus because nothing gets done I think we had this conversation a few months ago maybe not even that long yeah it was a couple of months ago I think when I was talking about the Washington thing and how no convictions barely any convictions happen and how this is real life it's not like um a law and order SVU so if a woman young woman feels more comfortable telling her her story on social media whether it be anonymous or just feeling brave enough to express that on social media one don't victim shame don't shame someone into thinking that they're wrong for doing that and don't victim blame don't look at the don't look at somebody's story and blame them oh you shouldn't have been or you could have no 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 none of that none of that none of that none of that but the system is on the side of the accused they they want to protect these players they don't want these players to to have this reputation oh or 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 ruin their draft stock or 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 keep them off the field cuz they got to keep winning at the end of the day that's that's all they really care about they don't care about these kids they got to win they got to win another quote comes from Elizabeth Taylor a Temple U professor who studies sexual assault and harassment within athletic organizations she said I don't assume that any of these coaches don't understand what's uh that what's happening is wrong. I think they're making decisions that are best for the success of the program and they're making the decision to put the safety and well-being of other students behind a player's ability to play on Saturday afternoons. And that's not, that's nothing but a fact. It's nothing but a fact. I think when you look at Michigan, Michigan State's situation, um, LSU, a couple other schools, there's no way that higher ups and coaches didn't know about. You don't know about what's going on with their team. You see these guys damn near every day. You 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 know who they are, and if they get reported. The, the report the report is coming to you as well they're going to tell you what happened um whoever they get what the school is going to notify you so you you have the decision to you're going to cut this guy suspend him whatever but nine times out of ten that's not going to happen unless it gets big and that's another thing a lot of these coaches man they're enabling their these guys they're enabling them they're enabling that's this is how we get aaron hernandez situations when you keep letting these kids under under your direction, you keep, you you let them get away with almost anything. No discipline. You let them get away with it. Then they get out of the real get out in the real real world and think they're invincible and think that what they can what they do has no consequence. Because the school that they went to and became a man at 
That's how they that's how they looked at it. It's like the Wild West. So you look at Darius guys. He clearly has a problem keeping his damn hands to himself because his abusive ways followed him into the league and he was cut from the Washington football team. You know, so it's clear that he was protected and enabled. It, it, it's obvious that it's obvious that these players, these coaches, these these um, universities, they they don't hold. Nobody has any accountability. Nobody holds accountability. Nobody takes the blame for letting this happen or for for you know for. Knowing this happened and not acting on it. And it's sickening. It's sickening. You look at the Samantha Brennan situation. This is the uh, the young lady that uh, Darius Geist took the photo of and shared it with uh, people in uh, within LSU. She worked part time in LSU's football recruiting office. This is what she said. She said she didn't press charges because she didn't want to ruin Geis' life. The stigma surrounding athletes' lives, you know, it, it has to go. Her life was ruined, and because Geis was held in such a high regard, she didn't want to tarnish that. Instilling that these young men are more important than others is a part of how they continue to get away with stuff like this. This is exactly what they do. They put them on these pedal stools and they make people think that, you know, they have this God complex. It's just like, you know, they do something to you. It's like, all right, I'm not going to say anything. But the, you, you get the other side of that. It's like, all right, she says she didn't say anything because she didn't want to ruin his life. But let's say she did say something. Look at the, all of the other reports and, you know, cases and allegations. These different LSU players, clearly nothing would have happened. So that would have just been a shot in the dark. So it's a lose-lose situation. You say something or you don't situ- you don't say anything, you, you still lose. So Samantha, whose picks were floating around. She left LSU, left, because she was humiliated and didn't want to be around Geist again. So one one person had to leave their college, had to leave their university, had to leave their job, had to uproot themselves, who did nothing wrong, who was victimized, humiliated. Privacy totally just disregarded, disrespected. She was the one who had to go. But Darius Geis, the predator, the sicko, the son of a bitch, who decided to take pictures of this young woman while she wasn't looking, while she was drunk, passed out drunk at that, shared them with the equipment manager, Shared him with other people. Ends up getting to the LSU office. He got to stay and, and went on to win a national title. 
that doesn't sound like that is it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me. But like I said, there needs to be accountability. Ed Oregon, you know, he's number one for me. He's the one leading the team. He he knows right from wrong. I would hope. If he knows his players are out here being nasty predator weirdos, then this is on him too. Anybody who knows about these reports, the rape allegations, the abuse, the sexual assault, the sexual misconduct, all of it. If anybody knows about these, they need to be held accountable too. They're just as much as responsible for this as the guys who did it. This falls on them. Because all it takes is for one report to get, you know, for, for one report to be taken seriously, crack down on all of this, and, and it'll it'll stop. But then you think about this. Hold on. Before I get to the, what I was about to say, let me finish my point about accountability. Anyone who knew needs to be fired because clearly they can't run a safe organization. Anyone who prioritizes football over justice doesn't deserve to have a job that they enjoy. Lastly, the players need to hold themselves accountable. As men, as men, as a man, hold yourself accountable as a man. Alcohol, because you want her, or because you think she owes you something. Let me tell you guys something. These women out here, they don't owe you a damn thing. They don't owe you nothing, bro. You can take her to dinner. You can get her drinks. You can buy her flowers. You can take her on a little weekend vacation. She doesn't owe you anything. Just because you do something nice for a woman doesn't mean she has to sleep with you. She doesn't have to do anything with you. But say thank you. She don't got to sleep with you. Stop being thirsty. Respect yourself and respect others. You know, guys, I see a guy, you know, especially today in, in today's climate atmosphere. The thing is, you know, protect women, protect black women. You know, uh, protect women and don't disrespect women. But, uh, but do you guys really mean that, though? Seriously, do you guys really mean that? Because... I know a lot of guys who run in some cer- certain circles where guys have been in situations like this and have done similar things to similar women to women and they don't speak up. So fellas, hold hold yourself accountable with your own friends. If you know somebody in your friend group is been a sicko, check them. Check him. And then you're probably going to need to go, you know, report that to somebody. I'm sorry, bro, but this is where we are. Accountability, fellas. Accountability. Think about your sister, your mother, your aunt, your grandmother, your cousins, any any woman in your family. How would you feel if somebody sexually assaulted them? And somebody knew about it and didn't say anything. Or you watch the guy who did it get off. No charges. 
How would that make you feel? You'd be pretty pissed off, right? You know, I think that the scariest thing to be is a woman. I think being a woman is horrifying. As a woman, you can't even walk down the street. You can't even walk down the street. Cat calling. Guys don't know when to stop. When they they don't they don't know what no means. No, I don't want your number. No, you can't have mine. Do you know how much you know how much violence starts off with a, a simple conversation like that? A simple no. Do you know how many guys can't take a simple no? Guys cyber stalking girls. Serial DMs. Dog. After the first one, let it go. If she don't reply to your first DM, that don't mean keep hitting it. Stop sending them. She don't want you. Seriously, she doesn't want you. You're being weird. You're being weird, bro. Stop. Being a woman is not, it can't be fun all the time when it comes to creeps like this. So women, because I know, you know, there are women who listen to this show. I want you all not only protect yourselves, but protect others. You know, your friends. Don't leave your friends alone at parties. You know, this is this is common knowledge. Girls know this. A lot of girls know this, child. They not leaving without their homegirls. Like, yo, I'm yeah, I, yeah, you're not taking me away from my girls. Like, nah, don't it, it Look, y'all know no land, no man left behind. Girls take that seriously, bro. Don't don't touch my girl in the club. Watch your drinks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Look, ladies, I I know. All right. I know how nasty it is out here, but don't hesitate. Easier said than done. But please. God forbid if this has ever happened to any of you or um you know if it did if it does if it hasn't but you know if it was a situation don't hesitate to reach out to somebody please break the cycle you know silence is what they want they want to silence you they want to silence you so stop victim blaming. Stop defending the accused. And hold these people accountable, man. Simple as that. Whew. Alrighty. Oh man, I was a little partial after that one. But this that's real talk right there though. That's real talk. Real talk. Alright. Let's switch gears here. And let's talk about the DeAndre Baker case. All right, so I don't know, I think I touched on it a little bit a couple a couple of months ago back in August. 
You know, that's your boy's birthday, you know what I mean? Second 98, Leo gang. But neither here nor there. Alright, so let me let's let's go back in time here. I mean, first, if you don't know who DeAndre Baker is, he was a second year cornerback for the Giants. And here's what happened. So he was charged. He was arrested back in May, but he was charged with four counts of robbery with a firearm. Accused of stealing cash and watches from four men at a house party. Him and Quentin Dunbar, a defensive back with the Seahawks, turned themselves in after the, the after the alleged assault. <laughs> Excuse me. Charges weren't filed for Dunbar due to a quote-unquote lack of evidence. Both players were placed on the commissioner's exempt list in July. And then it got weird because, like... Florida decided not to prosecute Dominic Johnson, who was also there. So they decided he was, a, I, th- I think he knew these guys. They knew him. He was there. They didn't prosecute him. So it was, it, to me, it looked like they had an agenda. It looked like they really, really wanted to put all of this on DeAndre Baker, which is, we've seen this before. We've seen this before. You look at Michael Vick, um, Allen Iverson. They want they want to get, you know, they, they pick one and say, this is the one we're going to stick it to. Who has the most notoriety here? Who has the most to lose here? Um, DeAndre, Becker, DeAndre Baker, young guy, first-round pick, lots to lose. Nothing but a bright future ahead of nothing but time left ahead of him. So this is the one they wanted to pin 10 years on. So Baker was re- he was released by the Giants in September. Then a couple days ago all charges were dropped. <laughs> all of them. All of them dropped. I'm not going to lie people. You know, I know we have had some 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 NFL players who, yeah, we, we've seen Aaron Hernandez. We, we know it'd be some killers in there. I mean, we, OJ, it'd be, it'd be some characters, some criminals. But I did not understand. I didn't see this one being. I was like, uh, you're going to rob somebody at a house party? You First of all, you're going to rob four people at a house party? Like, really? For some cash? And watches I was like that mm, That just don't make sense to me That don't make sense to me So a couple days ago all charges were dropped His accusers Apparently his his accusers Have become uncooperative And their credibility Is inalterably Tarnished um, William Dean the attorney For three of the alleged victims was arrested on Monday for extortion related to soliciting a cash payout on behalf of the three accusers in exchange for altered testimony. All accusers uh, uh, recanted their prior statements and admitted Bigger didn't do anything. Hmm. I mean, you just got to look. Just look at the justice system, man. It's so flawed. It's so flawed. This situation could have got could have gone way, 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 way worse. Way worse. 
They tried to not only take this man's career away, but take his life away. Ten years is a long time, bro. Federal time at that. Ten years. Minimum. That was the minimum. Yo, you armed robbery, you what a what a you know, armed robbery, gun charges, yeah, four of them, yeah, you, ten minimum, maybe more. That's nah. That's not okay. You look at you know, the justice system is wrecked. We know that. That's something that we know. If you don't know, you can do your Googles. But then further than that, just look at how the Giants handled that. No, no, no conviction. Just charges filed. Wasn't murder. Wasn't sexual assault. Wasn't assault. Didn't shoot it. They didn't say he shot somebody. They said he robbed somebody. I'm looking at the boxes here. Didn't really check any off to be canceled. And you guys just said, you know what? Yeah, we're going to get rid of him. That's enough to, to, to see in here. We're going to get rid of him. Okay. Now he beats the case. Didn't even, well, didn't even beat the case. The case was dismissed. So he won by default. Now how you guys look? You don't look much better than your record, so you look pretty dumb. For letting go of your first round pick over a situation that was murky and questionable from the start. And guess what happened yesterday, ladies and gentlemen? The defending reigning Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, signed DeAndre Baker to their practice squad. Of course, you know, with room for elevation. So happy for that guy, man. Like, really, I, I really am happy for him. First of all, he got away from a poverty organization with a poverty coach. And then, you know, he beats a case that he shouldn't have had in the first place. And I think this was a learning experience for him. Young guy. One, you got to watch who you hang around. That's obviously number one. You got you to gotta be more careful with who you hang around and where you hang, you know. That's like, I don't understand, like, you know, I don't think I talked about this, but you look at Tank, Javon Davis. Wants to keep hanging around in the city of Baltimore, bro. What? I get it. You know, this is where you're, you know, it's where you're from. You know, your people there, but come on, dog. Get away. Get away. When you make it, get away, man. Don't forget where you come from. I'm not saying that. Get away Get away It's nothing for you It's nothing for you there So you know young, Especially these young guys Man when you make it out Get out Get out Take your family Get out Ain't nothing to stick around for Them people are not really your friends They're not really your friends They look at you like a ticket Whether you're gonna be uh, Whether you're gonna be that for them or they're going to take it. You're a ticket at the end of the day. You're a meal ticket. Get out. So, then, you know, he got to look early at how the nature of the business can be. 
in football and how cutthroat it really is and how there is no you know you know they don't really you know, they don't really care about you they don't want to watch the situation unfold before they made the, the decision to let you go or to move on to give you to give you a jersey number away so yeah you, you learn that early but now you're with a good organization in kansas city you know now you just gotta you know stay on the right track man watch who you hang around um it's a panoramic, so you shouldn't really be at no parties now. Um, so, yeah, man. Happy for DeAndre Baker, man. Lord works in mysterious ways. Most definitely does. Most definitely does. All right, where we at now? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Got a lot of football to get through. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm not talking about anything basketball related. One, I don't like the NBA draft, honestly. Two, Gonna be real with you. I didn't really know much about the NBA draft last night. Three, there are so many trades going on at right now, right at the beginning of the trade. Um, you know, before everything opened up. Now, next Thursday, I'll probably talk about a little bit of what happened this week because child, it was a mess. So that's why. And then by the time the show comes out, something would have already happened. I wasn't, no, next week we'll talk about it. But so we'll be talking about a lot of football today. Because, you know, it's Thursday. We can do that. All right. So, let's go back to week 10 for a little bit. Talk about a couple of things that I saw week 10. Let's say, let me tell you, tell you guys this right now. The Bills versus Cardinals game. Game of the year. Game of the year. Now, if that game was on at the same time as the Seahawks and the um, Rams game. So, I was watching both of those games. Because I wanted to see what Jalen Ramsey, Jalen would do. With DK Metcalf. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But Josh Allen versus Kyler Murray. Um, you know, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs versus Kyler Murray and D-Hop. Man, this is the per- perfect tag team matchup. This is like uh, the uh, Edge and Christian versus um, the Hardy Boys. This is like uh, DX versus damn who, who, the brothers of destruction not not the saudi arabian one back in the day you know the the dx versus the heart foundation like do you like this is a good matchup here like this is good good football right and the game was ah, chef kiss nuts pure anarchy you know the 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 uh the interception that larry fitzgerald tipped in the air off the ground uh, Josh Allen throws a pick late. You think the game's over, then the Bills get a stop, and and Josh Allen throws this dot, bro, like this this dot to Stephon Diggs. Diggs lay it out for it. Big fantasy points right there in the corner of the end zone. Thirty one seconds left. Thirty one seconds left. I'm like, bro, it's over. I'm not thinking. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, time about to expire. This game is about to be a wrap. Let's go Bills, 8-2. I'm happy for the Bills. I'm like, damn, but that was a hell of a game. You know, Diggs is hype on the bench, but hold on. Hold on. Before all that happened, did anybody see Cole Beasley out there just, like, doing the damn thing? Bro, he put Patrick Peterson on skates, ice skates, then had this wild one-hand catch to get a first down, like, and then went to the sideline and put his hair in a man bun. And then came back on the field with the locks out. I mean, it don't get more swag goo than that. Plus, he can rap. If you didn't know, 
Cole Beasley can rap. Hell of a game. So it's 31 seconds left. Kyler Murray and them get the ball. They push it down to about the 50, like around the 50. I think it was, what, 11 seconds left maybe when this was going on. So, like I said, Josh Allen drops a dot right to Stephon Diggs. It was beautiful. Caught it. Boom. Go ahead. Touchdown. Everybody, everybody, you know, watching the game. I'm like, yo, it's over. And then, uh, then I saw something that was very, very familiar to me. I saw it in that very stadium, actually. It was about, um, what, five years ago? Five years ago, I watched Aaron Rodgers step back, get flushed out of the pocket, roll to his left, and launch an all-out piss missile to Jeff Janis. Hail Mary pass, clock expiring, game tire. Um, you know, to, to go end up tying the game with the force overtime. This past Sunday, I saw Kyler Murray flushed out of the pocket, rolling to his left, damn near at the sideline. He didn't launch a piss missile. You know, it wasn't too much arc on this one. Really wasn't. It, it didn't even feel like a Hail Mary, honestly. It was just a long-ass pass. Like, it was a dart. It was three Bills and one DeAndre Hopkins. That's what I saw. Who came down with the ball? DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That was tough. Heartbreaker, bro. Heartbreaker. A heartbreaker. You know, Allen showed everybody he can overcome adversity and come up big. You know, and then Murray showed he, he too can overcome. <laughs> He can overcome adversity and come up bigger. That right there, man, that's good football right there. That was a hell of, hell of a game. And that's before the season started. I was happy that we would get to see these young quarterbacks matched up, man, because this is the future. And now it's a shame we're not going to get to see this game again this season. But, man, what a game that was. I enjoyed that one, bro. That was, that was a good one. Then we look at the Seahawks and the Rams game. And I've seen West Division Everybody was talking about You know DK versus Jalen It was going to get physical It was going to get physical It did But it was a one-sided whooping though <laughs> Woo that boy Jalen man Let me tell you something 30 snaps 4 targets 2 catches 28 yards He had that boy DK in a penitentiary had that boy in maximum security. Had that boy out there locked up. Akon. Had that boy out there locked up. Wheezy. Just like, oh, like, wow, bro. Like, in shackles. Officer Ramsey, bro. Like, locked him down. And people was on Twitter talking about, oh, he only did that because he only got four targets. Well, why did you think he got four targets? Jalen completely took off. He took that entire side of the field and took it away. 
Russell didn't even want to look over there. There was nothing to see. Jalen was sticking to him like white on rice, and then he was out there making tackles. He was getting physical out there too. Don't 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 forget that. That boy do get physical. Um, but overall, that that Rams defense. I don't know, man. They they look good. They look good. They look good. That secondary, they fly around, man. They fly around. They hit. And they 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 they, they get to the ball. They 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 get picks. They they do it. They do it. That that defense is something. And they're gonna have to be that. Because whoo child, Jared Goff is whoo. I don't know who he fooled in 2018. What was that? No. Was that 18 or 17? The 17 season, because the Super Bowl was in 18, right? Hold on. Let me let me get my numbers right. Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, I'm right. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I think I'm right. When they play, they played they play the Patriots. That was the 17th season. No, 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 no. That was the 18th season. Super Bowl was in 2019. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Yeah. 2018 season, the Rams was on fire offensively. And then Jared Goff got to the Super Bowl and Belichick showed us all who Jared Goff really was. But I'd already seen that when Cooper went down. And yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, golf is terrible though. I, I I can't stand watching him play football, bro. He's just so he just looks so dumb out there. He just be doing dumb stuff. Like, come on, dog. Come on. And I don't need that because Cooper Cup is on my fantasy team. Arr, get it together. But no. Nah. Yeah, the Rams defense are good though. Definitely solid. Definitely solid. Um, what else did we see week ten? That was good, man. Um, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, they're good at football, too. They're good at football, man. The Dolphins are good at football. Um, they're 3-0 with Tua starting. Only a game behind in the East. Don't sleep, Bills. Don't sleep. They coming. The Dolphins are coming, man. Don't sleep. Do not sleep. Um, what else? What else, what else was I saying about... Oh, damn, I lost my train of thought. All right, so week 10, what else did we see? Oh, I was right about Derrick Henry. Almost half right. Thursday night, the Colts ended up beating the Titans. But I said that Derrick Henry will be the first rusher to drop 100 on the Colts. He did that. And I also said he was going to have two touchdowns. They got to the goal line two times. One of the balls went to John, John One of the runs went to John Smith and another running back. So almost, almost, almost. Um, but the Colts, man, they're they're for real too. Their defense is suffocating. Um, and they can run the ball. Um, Frank Reich, they're doing good things in Indianapolis. And man, I I don't know what's going on with the Ravens, man. You know, me and my mom was talking about this. You know, she's a diehard Ravens fan. She knows more than me because you know when the Ravens play, nine times out of ten the Packers are playing at one as well. And it's like, you know, I'm all in when the Packers play. I don't I don't do the two games at once when the Packers play. I'm all in. Um, and then I watch my multi games. Now this week, when the Ravens play the Titans, they play at one o'clock. Packers don't play f- till four twenty-five. So I'll be watching the Ravens game this Sunday. Unfortunately, 
for them, they'll be playing the Titans. Not them, the Ravens. No, no, no. Them, my family. Because, look, man, I got King Henry. That's my number one pick. Y'all think I'm not about to be happy for thing for King Henry if he dropped 195 on y'all again? I'm sorry. Y'all going to kick me out. Look, I hope the Ravens win. But I want Derrick Henry to win, too. All right? I got fantasy games to win, baby. But, um... I don't know. I don't know what happened to them up in, in New England, man. The rain. Um you know, I'm not I'm not putting it all on Lamar. I don't think that's fair. But I will say that all right, you're down three going into the half. You're already past the forty, you know, you're in Justin Tucker land. It's raining. You got the best kicker in the world on your sideline. It's 11 seconds left in a half. Throwing a 50-50 ball to Hollywood Brown when he was not open? Not very smart. I didn't think that was very smart. He wasn't open. There was no separation. Now, you you, you know, you're going into the half. Instead of it being a tie, you're still down three. Um, then the Ravens, they would end up losing, what, by six? Right? Yeah, so you, you, you think you're trailing by six so that last drive you're not playing for a field goal you're playing to win so it's, it's a different game if you get the tie at halftime so that was big to me um other than that you know, you know you're looking at the ravens o-line then man that was rough to watch man nick boyle his just you know his leg freaking exploded bro that was so bad so tired of seeing these nasty injuries man so that happened and um, so now the Ravens are down another tight end, and it's just like I don't know, man. They got, you know, this week especially as far as injuries go, man. No Calais Campbell, or what's the um, was it Brandon Taylor, right? Um, that D line is gonna be thin on Sunday, and that's not good with Derrick Henry coming to town, man. Not good at all. Um, we had another injury, some more injuries, man. Uh, Nick Foles, I don't, I didn't get the word on what happened to him, but apparently it's not as bad as they thought. Um, it looked like a clavicle. It did look like it looked Tony Romo-ish when he went down. He had to be carted off. I was, you know, I was a little nervous for him. Um, then Drew Brees ends up with multiple broken ribs and a punctured lung. Like, what the hell is going on out here, man? That's that's you know. I hope everybody, you know, wish everybody a speedy recovery for sure. All of the, after all injuries over this past weekend in the league. Um, let's see. Is that all? I think that's it for week 10. So, we'll be moving on to next. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Because we're in week 11 now, man. The season is flying by. By the way, that's not a good. That's no bueno. No bueno. No bueno. Also, heading into week 11, all, you know, throughout the rest of the season, all teams will be in the um, intensive COVID protocol. Let me read that to you guys so you know exactly what that means. Um, just give me one second here. All right, so here we go. This is from the Twitter of my guy Tom Pelissero. Um, the NFL sent a memo today saying all clubs must go into intensive protocols for the rest of the season, starting Saturday. All meetings, virtual or in large spaces, mandatory masks slash mouth shields in practice, etc. Goal is re- to reduce close contacts further uh, mitigate risk of covid spread so that's going on um i don't know if you guys saw also that the the pro bowl will be in madden this year what bro 
Half these dudes don't even play that game. And just because you're in the league don't mean you're good on the sticks. Do I really want to see that? No. Man, all y'all gotta do, man, look. You're testing everybody. Just have everybody play a flag football game. That's all the damn Pro Bowl need to be anyway. It don't need to be no contact. Just let them play flag football, man. It's fun for everybody. That's that's all I have for that. But <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Um, let's see. All right, MVP. I'm not. Whoa, whoa. Playoff race. Playoff race. Playoff race. Let's get to the playoff race because it's heating up. It really is heating up. And some game. We got some games this week on the pick four. Um, the slate. The slate for the pick four that are going to uh, shake this up a little bit. So let's start in the AFC. So. Right now, if the season ended today, the Steelers would have a bye. They would be the one seed. Uh, the Chiefs would be the number two, and they would play against the number seven seeded Ravens. Uh, the number three Bills, they would host the number six Dolphins. Uh, the number four Colts would host the number five Raiders. And in the hunt, be the Titans the, and the Browns and then the Patriots. So right now, in the AFC, the Ravens, Dolphins, Raiders, Colts, Titans and Browns are all six and three. Then you got the Patriots at four and five. The Bills are seven and three, and then the Chiefs eight and one, and the Steelers are eight and zero. Oh. So right there, bro, it, there's no room for error. There's no room for you cannot make a mistake. You can't lose. You really can't lose. You really cannot lose. It's like right now, a lot of these teams control their own destinies. Win, just win, just win. Especially your division games and conference games. You got to win. You got to win, baby. You got to just keep winning. There's no room for error at all. You look, you know, so we'll, I'm, I'm going to get into that, dig deeper into the AFC uh, once we get into the pick four. But that's the, once again, the Steelers, number one, the Chiefs, number two, the Bills, number three, the Colts at four, the, Ra- uh, the Raiders at five, the Dolphins at six, and the Ravens at seven. And the Titans, Browns and Patriots are currently in the hunt. Then you look at the N- the NFC. The Green Bay Packers would be number one with a bye. The Saints would sit at two and host the number seven Seattle Seahawks. Then the Cardinals would host the LA Rams, the three and the six. Then the let me tell you, let me let me tell you something. This this really makes me mad, bro. Like this 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 disgusts me. Every every year we have to deal with this. Nobody from the NFC has any business hosting a playoff game. I'm sorry, bro. There's no way the Eagles should be hosting a playoff game this year. No way. Nobody from the NFC East deserves to host a playoff game. Bro, if if your record is worse than the opposing team, it should get flipped. The seeding should get flipped. I'm sorry, it should be records, bro, because that don't make no sense to me. How are the 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 Bucks at seven and three? How are they behind the three, five, and one Eagles? Just because they're winning that sorry excuse circus of a division? No. No. No, that's not good, man. That's that's bad for business right there, bro. They gotta fix that, man. You 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 add a team to the playoffs, but you can't fix what's already. That's like, man. Twitter, we didn't ask for fleets. We didn't ask for that. 
We just wanted the regular retweet button back. That's about it. I didn't I didn't need anything else. I don't even I got voice tweets now and I don't even know what to say. I don't even want them anymore. It's just too much going on on Twitter now. All these accounts coming out of nowhere. People I, I follow just sprouting up. New accounts, follow trains. I don't like it. It makes me itch. But so does the Eagles ho- potentially again hosting a playoff game with a losing. Co- anyway, anyway, anyway. But interesting, interesting fact here. As of right now, 42% of the playoff teams are from the NFC West. Bro, the NFC West is bike. It's bike. Well, except for the 49ers, but with the exception of them, everybody in NFC West is dangerous. Um, once again, man, no room for error. You you got one, two, three, six and three teams. You got two seven and two teams, a seven and three team, and then the goddamn Eagles. So in the hunt right now, the five and five Bears, and then the rest of that circus in the NFCs. But the Vikings are there too. Don't sleep on the Vikings. They they have a chance. They have a chance. Um, so that's the playoff picture as of today. So then let's get into the pick four. Um, wait, hold on. Is it pick four time? Hey, let me see. Check the itinerary. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick four time. All right, four good games this week. Starting tonight. Starting tonight, we got the... Where is the pick four? Where did I write it Oh, there it is. There it is. All right. Starting tonight. Bro, that's not it. Where is it? Did I not do it? No way, because I remember I wrote the pick four down. I'm not crazy. I mean, I am a little bit, but not that crazy. Um, Here we go. Week 11 pick four. We made it, people. We made it. So, starting tonight, we got the six and three. Arizona Cardinals are going out there to Seattle against the six and three Seattle Seahawks. So, the NFC West standings as of right now, we have the Cardinals, the Rams, and then the Seahawks. And the 49ers in last place, but all three teams are six and three, but at different positions in the standings, of course. So the Seahawks have lost two straight. Uh, they're 0-2 in the West, including a week seven loss to the Cardinals. Then you look at the Cardinals, man. This Cardinals team, they're on the move. They're riding pretty high right now. After the, you know, after that um that that big Big win over the Bills, man. And, you know, momentum is a real thing, man. Uncle Mo was real. That is a real thing. Momentum is real. Um, a two-game sweep with the Seahawks, would that'd be huge. That would go a long way. Um, that would be, that would, you know, this the Seattle team, man, they they got to get back on track. Like I said, there's no room for error. Because you lose this game, you slip out of the playoffs. Like, that's how easy it is right now. So, everybody's good. Everybody's good. But I'm rolling with the Cardinals tonight. I'm definitely rolling with rolling with the Cardinals tonight. I I would like to see the Cardinals do that, bro. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that you know this team has um, enough weapons, enough firepower to match up with Seahawks. Seahawks, of course, and it's a division game. Um, but you know they're gonna have to play defense. They definitely gonna have to play some defense this week. I mean, excuse me, tonight. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm rolling with the Cardinals though. Um, then Sunday we got the Ravens and the Titans. The Titans are coming to town to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Um, look, man, we all know what Derrick Henry did when he, you know, last time Derrick Henry was at the bank, he cashed out. 
He cashed out and he's coming back to the bank on Sunday. Now the Ravens defense. Here, here we go. L- listen to this though. The Ravens defense has only allowed two running backs to rush for 100 yards or more. But most recently, last Sunday, um, the Patriots running back Harris rushed for 20. He had 22 carries and 122 yards. 121 yards, excuse me. So that's not a good trend. You don't want to give up 121 yards to somebody who's not second in rushing right now. So what does that say? To the running back who is second in rushing right now. Oh, I'm about to come drive 200. Like, that's what, you know. And like I said, man, they're missing key guys. Um, Brandon Williams um, and Calais Campbell. They're already saying they're going to be out for Sunday. Um, And if they are really thin on the D-line like this, this could could be a recipe for Henry to go back to back at the bank, man. Um, Nick Boyle out for the season, like I said. Um... You know, and that's you know the the Ravens, their tight ends are really big in their passing game, and 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 it's just like bro, the Ravens are going to have to run the ball all the way to Tampa Bay. You know, if they want to go to February, they're going to have to run the ball. And I know that offensive line is is weak. You know, big lineman goes down right after he got the bag, and it's just like you got to run the ball, and they can do it. They they get they 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 can run the ball, but they got to keep running the ball. You can't go away from the run, especially if it's working. You can't, you can't, you cannot make Lamar play out of his comfortable zone, man. You got to play to his strengths. You know, let him do what he wants, man. You got to turn him loose. You got to turn him loose. You got to turn him loose. Um, but, yeah, the Ravens are going to have to run the ball on Sunday, and they're going to have to stop Derrick Henry. And I don't think they can, so I'm taking the Titans. I'm taking the Titans. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, another good game, man. Another division game. So, the Chiefs, look, can't believe, listen to this. Chiefs and the Raiders, right? Chiefs 8-1, Raiders 6-3. Chiefs' only loss came from the Raiders. Chiefs have won four straight. The Raiders have won three straight. Hot. Two hot teams in the same division. Now, Travis Kelsey said, you know, he he tried to downplay it. You know, talking about um, this is a Super Bowl for some people. And clearly, he's talking about guys who play for the Raiders. So, to me, I think, you know, the Chiefs look at the Raiders like they're little cousins. Like, not even their little brothers. They're little cousins. Like, yeah, they like yeah, you know they smacking them on the back of their necks, you know, giving them swirlies, you know, you know, giving them wet willies. Like yeah, get out of here, y'all ain't doing nothing. Now the Raiders, you know, beat them boys Sunday night. Mm-hmm. It's gonna look a little funny, and I'm rolling with the Raiders at home in Vegas, man. Let's let's go Raiders. Let's go Gruden, man. Get that man. Get that Gruden. Um, then we wrap things up. We wrap week 11 up with Monday night showdown with the Rams going down to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. It's going to be defense versus defense. Rams secondary um, versus the Buccaneers, their front, their front line, man. This is going to be a defensive. This is going to be a low scoring game. Um, it's it's, it's going to come down to if the Rams are going to be zoned out because I don't think Jalen's going to travel with anybody. Um, you got Mike Evans, Godwin, and AB. I don't see him traveling with just one receiver. They're probably going to be zone like in a hybrid zone man, um, and you know try to limit the field and strength the field as much as, as much as possible. And, and you know Aaron Donald's going to just try to kill Brady and get him off his spot the whole game. So it's it's going to be a defensive showdown. I'm rolling with the Rams though. I think the Rams. I don't even would that be an upset. I don't want to call it an upset, but I, you know, it, it it would be in a sense. So I'm taking the Rams on the road for Monday night. So that is the pick four. So once again, that is Cardinals over Seahawks, Titans over Ravens, uh, Raiders over Chiefs, and Rams over Bucks. 
Let's see, where are we, man? What we at an hour and some change? All right, cool. Cool beans, man. Cool beans. Woo! What we at? All right, so we just did the we did the playoff race, the week eleven pick four. Let's move on to the MVP race. So here's here's where I'm at right now with the MVP um situation. Um of course I got Aaron Rodgers. 26 touchdowns, three interceptions, 2,578 yards, 116.4 rating, highest rating in the league. Um, right behind him is Pat Mahomes. All right, you want to hear something? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Pat Mahomes, 25 touchdowns, one interception, 115.9 rating, and 2,687 yards. And then number three, man, Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben is having a year, bro. Big Ben is having a year, man. Don't sleep. 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, 200, 267 yards, 103.0 rating. And not to mention the Steelers are the only undefeated team in football right now, man. So I told you guys, man, they rebuilt Big Ben over the offseason, man. So don't sleep on him, man. Um, and number four, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. You know, we don't talk about running backs in the MVP conversation, but we should. Especially if the if the all right look where the Vikings at five and five right now and they won they beat the the um, Bears on Monday night um, they got three straight NFC North wins if the Vikings can somehow get to a you know get to Wild Card Weekend on the back of Dalvin Cook and he wins the rushing title I think Dalvin Cook should definitely be in the conversation for MVP for sure man um, twelve touchdowns he's he's leading the league and everything rushing. 954 yards. Um, he's already almost at a thousand yards, man. 5.5 yards per carry. It's only week 11, so yeah, man. Dalvin Cook, possible MVP candidate. Then we talk about Coach of the Year candidates. I got five right here. Number one, Mike Tomlin, man. Completely turned the Steelers around after a two-year slump, if you want to even call it that. Um, it got the Steelers at eight and zero, and then like I said. And this is my this is my predict this is my guy. I picked him for coach of the year beginning of, um, before the season started, man. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott, man, got the Bills at, at seven and three right now, sitting in first place in the East. Number three, my guy, pretty boy LaFleur, man. Seven and two with Green Bay doing big things in the NFC North. Got number one seed as of right now in the NFC. Number four, man, Brian Flores. Brian Flores, man, you know, my, my guy down there in Miami, you know. My God, man, he was winning with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now he's winning with Tua. He's only a game behind in the East. Don't sleep. Number five, man, Frank Reich. Got the Colts playing good at, ooh, good defense, man. Six and three, um, doing things with Phillip Rivers and the boys, man. So, yeah, that's my five, my five Coach of the Year candidates and then my four MVP candidates as of right now. So that's what we're looking at. Um, Let's see. That was pretty fast. I didn't think I was going to run through those that fast, but I did. Um, let's see, we knocked all that out, handle that, handle that, and now we're in the last, oh man, last segment, man, I'm running, see, I always get to running through them at the end, alright, so let me tell you something, man, so Canelo announced on Instagram, Instagrams, <laughs> Canelo announced on Instagram, hold on, when's the fight, hold on, let me make sure I got the date right, um, give me a minute. All right, so December 19th, Canelo versus Callum Smith 
for the WBA and Ring World Super Middleweight Championship of the World, uh, presented by the Zone and Matchroom. Um, and uh, Canelo and them, man. So the pound for pound king is back, man. Listen, man, I'm tired of hearing all that Terrence Crawford talk. All right, especially from especially from biased PN. Uh, ESPN is so biased, man. I hate watching ESPN fights. Um, so Canelo, I, to me, Canelo is by far the pound for pound boxer, man. He's the king. He's the king. He, he and he's finally self-proclaiming that, man. Folks said the king of the, you know, the P for, the P for P king is bike. King of the ring is bike, man. Stop, stop playing with big, big Nello, man. Canelo the Dawn, man. Stop playing with that boy. Stop. He is not one of them. I'm telling you. I promise he ain't. Let's 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 look at this, man. 29 years old last year, he became a four division champion. Um, WBA, WBC, WBO, and Ring Mag Junior Middleweight Champion of the World. Um, WBO light heavyweight champion of the world WBA, WBC, and IBF middleweight champion of the world And WBA super middleweight champion of the world That's four divisions At the age of 29 um, Notable wins over Shane Mosley, Josecito Lopez, Miguel Cotto um, Erzlandi, Lara, um, Amir Khan, Triple G, Daniel Jacobs, and Sergey Kovalev Man, this guy Canelo has the best resume in boxing he does. He has the best resume in boxing right now. I don't think nobody else has beaten as many real stars of the sport like he has, especially over the 2010s, man. Canelo, you know, Canelo was, if if Floyd wasn't there, Canelo was the fighter of the decade. And his only loss is to Floyd a young, at a young age. This was 2013, 2012? 2012, right? Yeah, young, young Canelo. It's only loss. It was him and Floyd in the 2010s. Dominating. Dominating. Canelo is by far, man, pound for pound. Best boxer in the world right now. Best boxer in the sport by far, in my opinion. That's just how I feel. Purr. <laughs> um, let's see, man. I think. I think that's all I got for you guys this week, man. It was a pleasure, pleasure to talk to you guys this week. I'm glad. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, like I said, man, I'm back on. Oh yeah, I'm back on Thanksgiving, man. I'm ready for Thanksgiving too, man. I'm ready for Thanksgiving. So back on Thanksgiving. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, shout out to Stadium Scene TV, man. Make sure you guys continue to like, retweet, subscribe, share all that good stuff, man. Thank you guys for listening the week in and week out. Um, for the 119th time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified.